Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of New Philadelphia Nazarene. Hey everybody, so good to have you back with us this week. We are in our second week of Advent, and this week we're talking about peace. Finding peace in the in-between is the topic of this week's message. I hope that you have had an opportunity to be working through your Advent devotional. If you're a part of our local church family, if you're here in the area, these uh, great Advent devotionals for Let Earth Receive Her King are still available. We have just a handful left. If you want to pick one up, you can stop by the office this week and get it. They're only five bucks, and we'll also have them um, Sunday morning after service at our Welcome Center. You can pick one up there. This week, Pastor Mark will be looking at the topic of peace uh, from an interesting passage coming from Second Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 8 through 15. So grab your Bibles, uh, grab your devotional book if you have it, sit back, and listen as we talk about peace in our lives, finding peace in the in-between. I've often shared stories with you all about uh, the lack of peace that we have in our home. In fact, the other day I went home for lunch and I was sitting at the, uh, the island there in the kitchen and I was having uh, my lunch and for no apparent reason, my, the littles, that's what we call Josiah and Zeke, the littles, began to run a lap uh, around our house. They would go from the, the entryway to the living room to the, the kitchen, back to the entryway, past the stairs, and they just kept running and running. And I watched for a little while and I was wondering, are we chasing one another uh, is this some sort of a race? No, it was none of those things. They were just simply running over and over and over and over again. They never seemed to tire. And uh, this is just a small glimpse into our home. This is totally normal. In fact, they did it again yesterday. I was sitting in the same place, and all of a sudden, they just began running laps uh, around the house downstairs. Uh, our home is chaotic. Our home is noisy, but that's to be expected. If you have five kids, uh, two dogs, a cat, uh, it's going to be uh, busy. It's going to be crazy like that. Um, there are times that I will, I will daydream a little bit about what, what it's going to be like when our two youngest are older, uh, or perhaps, uh, perhaps they'll run loops around the house a little less often during that time, I hope. Um, but in those daydreams, I also do recognize the importance of this particular season of our life. And, and in some ways, I cherish the chaos just a little bit. Maybe not too much, just a little bit. Because all too soon, that chaos is going to be gone. It won't be there anymore. So, in the midst of the chaos in which we find ourselves it becomes necessary to find peace. And in my home, that peace is usually found very early in the morning or very late at night and not too often in between. That's the only times that peace can really be found. Um, and, and I really feel like our home is much like our world is often. Uh, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of noise. Sometimes there's pain and hurt. Even in our house, there's pain and hurt. Somebody's going to punch somebody else. Usually it's Zeke punching Joe. I'm just going to tell you that's, that's usually how it goes down. There's going to be pain. There's going to be hurt. In the midst of all that, we have to learn to find peace. And it's not always that easy to find peace. 
I want to invite you to turn with me to 2 Peter uh, chapter 3. We're going to take a look at what Peter has to say this morning about finding peace in the in-between. This is what he says, starting with verse 8 of 2 Peter 3. He says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth that he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. Heavenly Father, as we receive your word this morning, we receive it as truth to be spoken into our hearts here in this moment right now. God, I pray that we truly would be receiving of that truth. Speak to us now, Father. Pour your Holy Spirit over this place and over me as I present this word for the body today. We pray these things in Jesus' name and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. So here we are in the days of Advent. We're making our journey toward the, the Bethlehem manger. We are, and we're reading this morning about something that doesn't feel very Adventy. It doesn't really feel very Christmassy. There are no shepherds watching over their flocks by night. There are no angel choirs singing. And, and instead, we find ourselves looking at the day of the Lord's return. And the images that we see in this text are, are really more likely to invoke fear in us than to bring joy. The other night I was driving home uh, and uh, uh, the snow was falling. I had Christmas music playing in the car and, and I just felt all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I was like, oh, I had, it was just, I, I knew there was a fireplace in the, in, at, in the fireplace at home, there was a fire in the fireplace at home and I knew that, that Janice was preparing a warm meal and I mean, it just had all the right feels. Felt so good. And then as I continued my drive, my mind was brought back to the state of our world. Like right in that moment, as I was having all those warm and fuzzy feelings, my mind came immediately to the chaos that exists in our world right now. A global pandemic, political unrest, unemployment, poverty, there are people without food, people are being trafficked uh, for, for sex, the list goes on and on. And I thought to myself, how easy it is for us to get wrapped up in this season of, of, of lights and songs and, and laughter, and we tune out what's actually happening in our world. We're on a journey 
toward the manger in Bethlehem, but we are also on a journey to the day of the Lord's return. We are in the the in-between. Now, when Peter wrote his letter that we just read right here, his readers were in a similar situation, but for them, their proximity to the actual life and ministry of Jesus was much, much closer. Some of them may have even been around or may have even heard Jesus teach at some point, and so they were fully expecting and fully anticipating the return of Christ, yet they had not seen it. And so they, like, like so many of us today, were asking themselves, what's taking so long? Why hasn't he come back now? How could God allow these things to continue as they are? How am I supposed to live in the midst of all of this? And Peter's answer was very clear to them. Live in peace. I mentioned the chaos of our home a little bit ago, and now, sometimes I get the joy of being the sole parent in that situation. Uh, because sometimes mommy needs a break, amen? Right? And all the mommies said, Woo-woo. yeah. Mommy needs some me time once in a while, and so I will stay home and I'll hang out with the littles. And uh, without fail, there's one question that they ask over and over and over. When is mommy coming home? Now, that's a real morale booster for me, and uh, I try not to take that as like a personal insult at all, but the truth is that these little guys, they love their mommy. They, they truly want to know, when is mommy coming back home? And, and even if I answered that question five minutes ago, they are very likely to ask it again. And I always reassure them. I, I say, listen, she is coming back. <laughs> I hope she's coming back. <laughs> I, I don't always have a time frame, but, but, but most often I'll say, look, she's going to be home soon. Or, or sometimes, hey, mommy's not going to be home until, until late tonight. You're going to go to bed before mommy gets home. That's always a downer. But she will be home soon. You see, those to whom Peter was writing had some similar concerns and some questions. When is Jesus coming back? Why is it taking so long? Peter uses a phrase here that we've heard before when we talk about how God views time. And it's this, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how my wife feels day in and day out, but I know that, I know that that's how I feel sometimes when I have to stay home with the little ones. That day feels like a thousand years. But here, Peter's not trying to avoid answering the question. He's not trying to just push them or hush them off. He's pointing to this incredible thing about God. And that is that our our Heavenly Father is patient. He is patient. I love the lyric of the last song that we sang this morning. It says this, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide. Because you know just what we need before we say a word, because you are a good, good father. It takes great patience to deal with an ever questioning child. It takes great patience to watch a child or someone you care about repeatedly make mistakes or to choose a path of sin in their lives. 
but this is what God does for us. Peter says here, he says, God doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He desires that everyone would repent. But then he reminds us of this very important part of the Lord's return. We don't know when it's going to be. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. He, Peter uses the illustration of a thief, a thief that shows up unexpectedly when we, when we least expect it to happen, perhaps when we're not even ready. And when that moment comes, Peter says, everything, everything on heaven, in heaven and on earth will be subject to judgment. That's what Peter is really saying there in verse 10 when they have this picture of thunder and fire. Everything will be revealed. The fire is less about destruction and more about purification or refining. A refining fire that reveals the true heart and the true character of everything. So, so we find ourselves in the in-between. We are anxiously awaiting the Lord's return. We are anticipating the final reveal the refining fire that will expose. But in the meantime, we're dealing with the chaos and the brokenness and the hurt and the pain and even a season that's filled with lights and songs and cookies can't really cover the reality that we find ourselves in. The in-between. That's true. Jesus did usher in the kingdom of God to earth when he was born in Jesus' ministry, we saw people uh, having their sight restored. We saw freedom given to those who were in prison. We saw the lame walk again and lepers were healed. Justice, peace, hope, and love were preached day after day. But the kingdom of God is really not yet fully realized. It's not until Christ comes in all of his glory. You see, Jesus' birth was the beginning of the kingdom. But it did not stop there. It does not stop there. We still have all of the things that define our world today, and they are in stark contrast to what the kingdom of God is truly about. There are so many people that still need healing. There are so many people that are still imprisoned. They should be free. There are still incredible acts of injustice, war, and hatred. And as Advent people, we live in the in-between. As people of expectation and anticipation, we live in this in-between. We celebrate Christ's coming, yet we anticipate His return. So how do we live in the in-between? How do we find our peace in the in-between? Well, let's go back to what Peter says there in chapter 3. He says this, Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, He will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we, but we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth He has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. 
So what's Peter telling us here? Well, he's telling us several things I want to share with you real quickly this morning. The first one is this. We look forward to the not yet kingdom of God. It's with great anticipation that we look forward to what is to come. I think about it often. In fact, my attitude has changed in recent years. Uh, Not until just the past few years in my life have I ever been uh, as eager as I am for the return of the Lord. There was a season in my life, I must confess, where I, I, I definitely wanted Jesus to come back, but I also really wanted to see my kids grow up. I also really wanted to have the opportunity to, to maybe one day be a grandfather. I also really wanted the opportunity one day maybe to, to, to experience what it's like without my kids back in the home so that my wife and I can, can do some of the things we did in those first few years of our marriage, to, to, to be able to go into the later years of life. But more recently, my heart has shifted. Things have changed a little bit, and I have begun to have a greater longing in my spirit for the not Yet, kingdom of God. To be free from the hurt and the pain and the confusion that just seems to rule and reign in our world. I long for it. And so yes, for my prayer is that Jesus would come and soon. Peter says that when that day comes, all that is will experience the grand disclosure of God, the revealing Nothing will be hidden. hidden. Everything will experience that purification of, of fire. A new heaven and a new earth will be revealed as was promised. A world that is filled with the righteousness of God. Who would not anticipate such an incredible thing? So yes, we are to look forward to that day. We, we should look forward to that day. But in the meantime, we are to live pure and blameless lives in the already kingdom of God of God. You've heard me say many times, and I I say it again this morning, that that our focus needs to be more on how we are living in the already kingdom of God, in the in-between, the here and now, and not so much on the kingdom that is to come. There are too many Christians, church, that are simply bound for glory land. (laughs) That's it. And we sing songs about it. In fact, I think there's a song that goes a lot like that. Bound for glory land. While this is true, our focus cannot remain on the fact that we are bound for glory land while we are still living in this land. We have to understand that it's God's patience and His desire that everyone would be saved. And that is so vital to the day of the Lord's return. The third thing that Peter tells us and I think it's the most important, is that peace will be realized in a life that is fully committed to God. I'll tell you a story about a a guy that we read about in Acts chapter 6 and 7. His name was Stephen. The story goes that it was in the early days of the church, and those who were leading the church were a little overwhelmed with the responsibilities and the things that were happening, and they needed some help. And so it tells us in Acts chapter 6 that they appointed seven to help with the leadership, to help accomplish some of those things. And, and Stephen was one of those seven. Stephen was, it says in Acts chapter 6, verse 8, a man that was full of God's grace and power. 
and he performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. And it was the work that Stephen was doing that eventually got him in trouble. He eventually was arrested. And he was brought before the council. And they asked Stephen this. They said, hey, uh, 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 we hear that you're always speaking against the holy temple, that you're always speaking against the law of Moses. We have heard uh, him says that, that this Jesus of Nazareth is going to destroy the temple and he's going to change the customs that Moses handed down. In other words, they were saying, hey, you're out there preaching this message that is contrary to everything that we have been living by and everything we have believed for centuries. How dare you? And so Stephen, he stands up and he begins to give this long sermon. This long message in Acts chapter 7, I would encourage you to go and read it. He preaches to them for a while and he gets to the end of his, of his, of his speech. And let's just say that they were none too happy. In fact, it says in chapter uh, 7, it says the Jewish leaders were infuriated. They were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. And they shook their fists at him in rage. But then it says this in verse 55. It says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven, and he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand, and he told them, Look! Look! I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now you would think that perhaps these incredibly holy men, these, these learned students of the Scripture, these, these godly men would, would, would see what Stephen was saying and saying, oh, can we catch, where? Tell me where to look. Where is it? I've been waiting for this. But instead, they were, became even more upset. Scripture says they put their hands over their ears. You ever seen a child do that? They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear this, this, this talk about being able to see into the heavens. And so they rushed at him, Scripture tells us, and they took him out into the square, and they prepared to stone him. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed this prayer. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees and he shouted, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Saul was in the in-between. I'm sorry, Stephen. Stephen was in the in-between. He, he, was, he was in a place in his life where he had a full realization and an understanding of what was promised to him, of the kingdom not yet, but yet here he was living fully in the already of kingdom of God. He was being obedient. He was speaking the truth of the kingdom of God, yet his eyes never came off of the not yet kingdom of God. And in the middle of losing his life, 
the cry of his heart is, there it is! Do you see it? There is the promised kingdom. I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. I see it. That's the not yet kingdom. I'm here. I'm here in the already kingdom and I'm serving as you've called me to serve and I'm speaking truth as you've called me to speak truth and God, I have peace. There it is. There it is. It's a not yet kingdom. Do you see? Do you see it, guys? I don't want to see it. Don't even talk to me about it. I don't want to see that. How could you dare say the things you're saying? There it is. You know why Stephen was able to kneel knowing that his life was going to be taken in just a few moments? It's because his life was fully committed to God. It's because Stephen knew that this was not his eternity. This was not the end for him. This was simply the in-between. This is simply where he was at this moment for this season of his life. And he kept his eyes on the promise of God. You see, to be able to stare the in-between in the eyes and to say hallelujah anyhow. <laughs> it takes more than a good attitude. It takes more than some Christian self-help. It takes more than just knowing the end of the story. We often say, oh, I'm good. I know the end of the story. That's great. You should know the end of the story. But my goodness, you ought to be living the end of the story. To know it does not mean to live it. Standing on the sides of that scene that we just talked about from Acts chapter 6 and chapter 7 was a man by the name of Saul. And in chapter 7 it tells us that as the, as the Jewish leaders began to prepare to stone Stephen for the blasphemous things that he was saying, they laid their cloaks at the feet of a man named Saul. And then in verse 1 of chapter 8, immediately after Stephen had died, the Scripture says that there was a man there named Saul looking on and approving of all that he saw. Saul became Paul. And I just think, I just think, that that moment when Saul stood over the broken, bloody, dead body of Stephen, having heard him declare the not-yet-kingdom-of-God while living in the already-kingdom of God and shouting out a plea of forgiveness for those who were taking his life in that moment that had to have made an impact on him. That was a seed that was planted in the life of Saul who later on had an encounter with Jesus Christ on a road. And his life was altered. But I believe 
It began when he stood over the broken, bleeding, dead body of a faithful man who found his peace in the in-between. Paul went on to write this. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. God's peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. Some translations say, the peace that passes understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Church, we are, we are in the in-between. I, ho- I hope you understand that we are in the in-between. We have a great promise of God, of a kingdom not yet, that we can anticipate, that we can expect that we can cling to. But as we look toward the not yet kingdom of God, He calls us to live obediently in the already kingdom of God. The in-between is a messy place. The in-between is a cat that throws up in the hallway right outside your bedroom door on Monday morning. The in-between is your four-year-old falling off the trampoline and breaking his arm. The in-between is your three-year-old punching his ten-year-old brother in a place he should not be punching him. The in-between is your 16-year-old son hitting a deer with his new car. It's okay. It's not new, it's cheap. But but do you hear me? This is the in-between. This is the chaos. This is the unrest. This is the moment when those Jewish leaders, your friends, your family that do not know the Lord need to hear from you. Do you see it? There it is. I see him. He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. It doesn't matter what else is going on. It doesn't matter who wins the election. It doesn't matter about COVID-19. It doesn't matter about losing my job. Yes, all those things affect us in the here and now, but in the long run, my heart and my mind and my eyes and the passion of everything I am is set on what is to come. So for right now, I'm going to live in peace. But live in peace because of the promise of God that what I am enduring today will pass. What I'm dealing with today will be gone. As people of Advent, Pastor Blair so well 
preached last week. That we are to be people of hope. <laughs> Looking beyond. Classic example. <laughs> Thank you. Sermon illustration on the fly. We are to be a people of hope in the midst of chaos. Not just because we know the end of the story, but because we live it. And we are to be a people of peace. Because unlike anybody else, anybody else, we can declare over whatever situation we find ourselves in that all truly is well.
And so we leave you with the Apostle Paul's words from his letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. He says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We want to just encourage you with this as you go throughout the remainder of this week and the next. Live in peace in the in-between. Wherever the in-between is for you, wherever you find yourself, live in peace. Choose to live in peace. Seek him. Pursue him. He will give you a peace that passes the understanding that we have ourselves and definitely the understanding that our broken and hurting world has. Hey, listen, we appreciate you being a part of today's podcast, tuning in and Encourage you to uh, like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform it is you're listening to so you can stay tuned in, plugged into what we're doing here from week to week. God bless you. We love you. If you need anything, you can always reach out to us. Connect at npnas.org. Connect at npnas.org. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.